What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 104 of Cali Brick Click. And remember, before we get into everybody, you can find this episode on all previous episodes anywhere you find your podcast, Spotify, Apple, iHeart, etc. And like always, we have Claire, the plastic architect, currently in Florida. We have Ninja. Yo. And just in the this, same spot. Always. <laughs> and this week, we have Rodrigo Blankenship, a.k.a. Hot Rod, a.k.a. Rod the Collector. How's it going, man? What's up, guys? Thanks so much for having me. Excited to be here. So before we dive heavily, heavily, heavily into who he is, if you don't know, how's everyone else's week been so far? Claire's traveling once again. Man, I'm ready for the holidays. That's what I am. I just bought Ninjago City Gardens again for my nieces and nephews. I am oh. so stoked for them to open this up because they have no idea it's happening. Dang, okay. Nice. So I bought the Ninjago City like four three years ago and they literally like my brother's family like took they took their time building the thing and they were like completely like you know excited to have that as a family build and then they finished it so (laughs) they didn't really dive heavily into ninjago afterwards but i have another one for them so i'm super excited for them to get it so that's like my big thing i don't know i just wanted to share that bought it again (laughs) but i think i'm done with holiday shopping are you guys that's exciting. Yes, I was going to get one more thing for Sands. See, there's always that last minute <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> Don't tell him while we're on the stream. No, he knows what it is. It's I, oh, there's hey, like Don't you guys oh. know each other's gifts already? Like you bought your own gifts, didn't you? A li- no, no. We we did a big mix of stuff, but like we had to we did have to open presents like to each other earlier because we did um we're doing Christmas out here in Florida with his family. So I'm like I want to get him something just to open. So ah, Christmas. So it just will just be a box. But are you doing holiday shopping, Rod? Or no? Pretty much. There's a there's a few things uh, in the mail on my way to my wife back up in Indiana. I'm hoping that they make it in time, but uh, there is a big snowstorm coming that's starting Thursday, mm-hmm. and so I'm a little concerned that the uh, post office is going to get held up with the bad weather over the weekend. So I'm not sure if they're going to make it in time now, but. Fingers crossed. If not, you know, she will get them eventually. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the storm is really kind of going to, I feel like it's going to kick the post office's butt these next few days up there. So it's okay. She'll get the computer printout of the Amazon receipt. <laughs> or whatever. That's right. That's right. I can send her a screenshot and be like, here you go. <laughs> this is what you got. And then like yeah. put in a really big box. So it's yeah, for like the size it. box that it would normally go it's in like if an you actually IOU had it. type of thing. Yeah, exactly. I've, done, I've yeah. done that before. I've done that before. I've gotten a box where I put the picture of it because it didn't show up. I, I think I did that to Venus, like my wife, like a decade ago when I actually just cheated and I bought the day of and I just <laughs> waited, but it wasn't for Christmas. It was for like an anniversary or something like that. Uh, either or thought that counts, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. Right? <laughs> it's better than nothing. Um, yeah. Lego wise. Uh, not really much has happened officially. A lot of the stuff got finally announced. I know last week we were talking about the modular uh, using the leaked images, but now we have an official thing being shown out. Um, I still feel the same, Claire. I don't. It doesn't excite me still. Oh, I that's a bummer. Yeah, that's I saw bummer. I saw someone do a rendition of the the dark red with the navy blue, 
that it was supposed to be supposedly and i kind of liked that one better but it didn't it still didn't do it for me i don't know maybe if i see it like in my hand when i start building it i think that's yeah gonna, like, really that's what happened with me with the playstation like i really wasn't interested in it and i got it out of like the ritual of like getting the modular every year and now it's probably my favorite Oh, see, there you go. I, yeah. I was a fan of that set. So I, I know there's a... Um, there's always there's potential a, for it to like yeah. grow on you. Yeah, I, yeah. I know I'm going to like it. I, I like all yeah. the modules eventually, like especially if it has a purpose and I'll, and I'll do something with it. I'm I'm excited for this modular for the reason of like I'm starting to like do city content again. Always they promise that I'm going to do it. I just cleaned up my city just to like finally do things. And I, and I have... Because it's a new modular and I'm out of space, I have to rearrange it, like do a re, like redo the way it's set up in certain mm -hmm. areas. So, which is fun though, right? That's yeah, like and that's the, that's the fun yeah. point. Because over the years, mm -hmm. I've just been lazy and just put it into a space. Now I can, you know, I have to literally think about how I'm going to display this stuff. But that's just me. Uh, I guess I guess that's what's exciting about it. It's forcing me to do something else. Plus, I still got to put the Sanctum and the Bricklink Designer Program Lego store in there too. So that's like three modules. Got to figure out where to put them. So it's a lot, Shy. It's, oh, well, it's just funny to think about Shy being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> I have to be lazy in other areas <laughs> in my life. I can't do everything. Um, but Star Wars stuff got, got all out, right? There's nothing hidden. I know, Rod, you're all over that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure all of the stuff that's going to be coming out in that first wave of 2023 got officially announced, obviously. Some people have been able to get their hands on a few of the sets early and put out reviews of them, which has been pretty cool. Um, but yeah, nice for them to officially announce everything. So everything kind of be talked about freely now. So how many clones are you getting? Yeah, I mean, this battle pack, I mean, it's not, I mean, the, I know the word that's kind of going around right now is massable or like clone army buildable. It's like not quite on that same level as the original one, just because they're in, you know, they're like specialized troopers. Um, I'll, I'll pick up a few. I mean, I, I think I picked up probably like 20 of the original 501st Battle Pack. I won't be getting that many of the new one, maybe like two or three, just because I kind of, well, you know, I kind of want to keep the right proportions of everything, how it's supposed to be. Obviously, like the generic 501st Trooper can be the one that you have a bunch of, but these are mm -hmm. you know, specialists. So uh, I figure you don't need to have quite as many of them. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you only need one Captain Rex. You only maybe need, you know, like one commander, one sergeant, one captain, one lieutenant, you know, so on and so on, whatever the ranks of them may be. So uh, I won't be getting too many of these uh, in the same way that I did with the original one. How many uh, 501st boxes, original boxes do you have? Uh, I think I think I still have all of them. So probably about 20. 20? Yeah. Then you need, you need two boxes of the new ones. Two of the new one? That's it. Because if you have a Captain Rex, because you have you have almost like a company, company size. So I'm I'm, I'm thinking Wikipedia, but I'm also using like actual military rank structure and and, and formations. Mm -hmm. So you would this would be like a like a weapons platoon, right? Of your actual line companies, like a, a like a regular company. Like mm -hmm. for example, I have Torn Company behind me. You can't see it. My modules in the way, but like Captain Rex runs Torn Company, right? That's his company in the Five Hundred First Legion. Like they would have tech in, in real life one company would have a weapons company just specialized guys that did like the heavy machine guns mortars and all that kind of stuff this is right. technically it the only problem is you have like you have an officer in there and you only need like right. you only need so many of those like in, in a company you only need like four <laughs> not right. including captain rex so it's like you only need like four <laughs> technically of these boxes so yeah. I, i'm in the same boat i do have a number of them too um but anyone else out there who army builds wants to do more than the bare minimum that they have to because it just doesn't make any sense 
either or i'm excited for it the other star wars stuff i'm excited for um the bomber obviously looks really cool never had an opportunity to get one of those and like when they first came out i think what what else is out there um the testing raider brickheads that was oh, yeah like, that oh, was announced right. slightly slightly earlier i think like they announced that one individually and then the other couple sets that are coming out so yeah okay. but the tide bomber is the other set that i'm super excited for because mm-hmm. i mean they only have had the one previously that still had all the the blue tiling on it so definitely nice to get an updated version Dang, is there a large that long that's crazy it has been a while it's the blue but is, is there a large star wars set i don't think there's a super big there's one not. coming out with this first wave it's, it's just a few i think it's just like i want to say four sets maybe three, three four sets yeah. there's, there's not a whole lot coming out right away they're i mean they're kind of like breaking up the waves now where they kind of have they're doing i think they're doing like a january and then maybe like a march wave and then they obviously have like the ucs on may the 4th and then they have like the real summer wave later and then big winter wave. See, that's kind of, I think that's kind of interesting because it shows that they have too much on the floor already. Like they don't have room to be able to display every single Lego set properly. Cause you can see sometimes when you go into the store, you'll see like some of the sets sideways because they don't mm-hmm. have room to be able to put a face up because they have exactly. all these skews, you know, and with all these large big sets that came out this past year, it's like really taking up retail space. So yeah. You know, by breaking it up like that, it's, I don't know if that's going to help, but it's, it's pretty interesting to kind of see because the footprint of like, where how much Lego sets you can put up, not even just in a Lego store, but like Target or Walmart, um, it's starting to become claustrophobic either, or it's interesting to see, um, well, whatever, let's just, let's just move on right quick. I don't think there are anything else. Oh, the botanicals. Those look pretty. Were there I'm excited for those. I've only got, seen the what daffodils or what are they? Yeah, the daffodils. Those are on the website, but two more got leaked for I think February release. It's like uh-huh. uh one that you hang on the wall and another bouquet of flowers, which, which is like a kind of looks like the one last time, but it's totally different flowers. I'm excited for them. Like my office cubicle at work is just Lego flowers everywhere. <laughs> so that's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's just literally just Lego flowers everywhere and like soon to be Titanic. But uh anyways. Rod, uh, let's get into you for a little bit before I get destroyed with my internet again. Um, <laughs> you want to give us your Lego Lego story, I guess, and a little bit about yourself in case no one knows who you are listening to yeah. this. Let's, let's just assume that you know there are people that just don't watch sports on here. So <laughs> yeah, go ahead, man. That's all you. So um, I got into Legos by virtue of the original Lego Star Wars Clone Trooper Battle Pack, the one that came out for Episode Three with the old Phase 2 clone troopers with the open visors, the one quote-unquote clone commander that I think we all pretended was Commander Cody because he was the closest we were going to get to an orange clone trooper at the time. It had the shock trooper, and then it had a couple of the regular ones. So that was the first Lego set that I ever got, and I got it because a couple days earlier, uh, my dad and I had watched the Star Wars marathon for the original, the first six movies. There was a marathon. I think it was on Spike TV was the channel at the time. And so they, they literally just played one through six, back to back to back to back, all in order. And so my dad and I just sat and watched them all together because I'd never seen any of the movies in their entirety up to that point. I would see like snippets, you know, bits in there, like if he was ever changing channels and one of the movies was ever on, you know, then I would like catch a, a snippet of it. But I never watched them in their entirety. And I didn't see them when they came out because I was super young. Like I was born in 97. So, you know, episodes 
one, two, and three came out, I think, in 99, 2002, and 2005. So I was not old enough to be able to watch those yet. I think it was around, I think it was 2007 um, that they did a marathon, and I watched them all the way through, one through six, and just, like, instantly fell in love with, you know, with Star Wars and all the lore and stuff. And so we went to the store a couple days later, had had to go to Walmart or something, and I always like to go down the toy aisle to look at stuff because I was already collecting other things at the time. I had started my... Uh, my Transformers collection that had started a few years before the Legos did. So whenever we go to the store, I always go to the toy aisle, see what kind of new stuff they had. And so when I was looking, I was looking at all these Legos and there was that clone trooper battle pack. Um, and so I like instantly recognized them. I was like, Oh, those are the clone troopers from episode three. This is so cool. And I asked my dad if I could get it. And, and he was like, sure. And so he got it for me and, you know, I went home and built it and just absolutely loved it. And so, it just kind of took off from there. That was kind of a, I guess that was kind of a good time to start being uh, a fan, you know, like 2007, 2008, because the Clone Wars movie came out in 2008. And then all of the, the Clone Wars sets started to come out. Um, and so they introduced the, the animated style of the phase one clone trooper. And obviously they started to put out all of the, you know, the Jedi from the, um, from the Jedi Council from like that you know, Grand Republic era. And so like, it was instantly kind of like off the deep end uh, into collecting. So like some of my first, you know, sets that I have after that first one were from that, uh, that Clone Wars era. Um, I remember like the, the, uh, at least the AAT, the big Clone Wars style AAT that had the Navy blue and the light gray. Um, Obviously we just got that, the smaller one recently, but um, that big one was, you know, was an early set for me. Um, The Republic attack shuttle that had the, the eight stud shooters and you could punch it had like the little the rubber band uh automated gimmicks you pushed a button in the back and it would fire out the missiles and it like drop the rack down to reload it um so like those sets were some of the first ones i ever got and so it was like you know kind of a heyday looking back now to see you know all the sets that we got during that time um so that was kind of how my my lego journey got started was there and then the uh the mcu started in 2008 um, with, I think it was, I think technically the first Iron Man movie is like the first one in movie sequence, but then I think the Incredible Hulk movie might've come out before it. Um, so those were like the first movies that kind of officially started the MCU. Now they didn't do the Lego sets right away. I think the first wave of Lego sets that they came out to, to accommodate the MCU was with the first Avengers movie. Um, and so... For a while, you know, from around 2008 to 2012, it was just Star Wars. Um, but once they started to do Marvel sets with the first Avengers, then it became Star Wars and Marvel. And so, you know, it compounded even more where now I have twice the variety, twice the sets to choose from. <laughs> you know, definitely started to, you know, kind of expedite the process um, at that point just because my options were doubled. Um, now they have Lego Optimus Prime, so uh, that's pretty cool too. But uh, I digress. That was kind of how it started for me. And it's, you know, continued through high school, uh, through college now that, you know, even that I'm out of college and, you know, professional athlete is still continued uh, to this day. You know, I think that as far as like, you know, kind of actively discussing and actively talking about what stuff I collected as far as my friends goes, you know, when I was in middle school, high school, college, so on and so on, I never talked about Legos as much as the other things. So, you know, when, when, 
you know, people would ask me like what my hobbies were. Usually I would default to saying like, Oh, I collect sneakers. Um, you know, I, I play video games a little bit. Um, there was one point in, in high school when I was doing Yu-Gi-Oh as well. And so I was collecting Yu-Gi-Oh cards and I would duel with some of my friends. Um, I would tell them, you know, sometimes, you know, my really close friends, I might tell them that I, uh, you know, collected transformers and some other, you know, action figures and stuff like that. But I never really talked about the Legos as much as I did some of the other things. I don't really know why. Maybe it was just because I felt like that was kind of the most nerdy or the most geeky of all the things that I collected or all of my interests. But I never talked about it as much until my rookie season when I was in Indianapolis with the Colts. And for anyone who you know does not know the story, I'll go into it a little bit. You know, I was competing for the you know for the starting kicker job uh, with the Colts in 2020, and I was competing against another guy. And so, um, you know, you basically when you have a situation like that, you basically you and another guy will be competing over the course of preseason camp or training camp, whatever you know, whatever you like to call it. And it usually lasts for four to five weeks. And so, you know, we're kicking every day, going back and forth. He's kicking, I'm kicking one day, I'm kicking, and he's kicking the other day. We just go back and forth and we're battling. And it's a pretty tight competition uh, from start to finish. And so we get to, you know, the last day. And there's, you know, after the last day of camp, there comes a point where the teams have to cut some guys and they have to get their roster down to 53. Um, We have 53 guys on the quote unquote active roster. And then you have, a set number of guys that are on what's called a practice squad. And okay. basically the guys on practice squad, they usually don't play, but they are still part of the team. And usually their job is to be a, a scout team, so to speak, to prepare the starters to play in the game on Sunday. But I, I knew I wasn't going to be on a practice squad. It was, you know, it was like, you're either going to be the guy or they're going to release you. And you're going to have to try and go play for another team. You know, we, we had finished up our last day of the preseason camp. You know, they were going to make the roster cuts to go down to 53 the next day. And it had to be done, I think, by like 12 o'clock or something like that. So you know, we finish up with practice and I'm a little, you know, I'm freaking out a little bit. I'm like, shoot, you know, I, I could, I could, they could cut me loose tomorrow and I might, you know, be on the road, you know, trying to find a new team to play for by this time tomorrow. So I needed something to kind of take my mind off of things, take my nerves off of the situation. And so I went to Target and I picked up one of the um, Speed Champions Ferraris, um, not the not the old one that's out right now. It was it was you know a set that had released you know more concurrently with with uh, with the season. So I I bought that and I also bought the uh, Mandalorian and Grogu Brickheads two pack. And so I built those you know at night. You know, come around time for the next morning, I wake up, I don't know what to do because if they cut me, like I'm not going back to the facility, like I would go back to basically pack up my locker and take all of my gear. And then, you know, they'd be sending me on my way. Um, But if I was, you know, I was just waiting, waiting in the hotel room to see what was going to happen. And so they called me and told me, they were like, you know, you, you won, you won the job, Uh, you're going to be our guy. And so when I came in for, uh, you know, practice, it was either later that day or the next day after they had made the announcement. Um, you know, I did a big interview with a lot of the local media, um, just because they kind of wanted to introduce me to the media, introduce me to the fan base. Um, and so, you know, one of the questions that one of the reporters had asked was, you know, obviously this was a very, you know, kind of stressful situation for you. Did you do anything to kind of help you, you know, by the time until they, 
gave you a decision on what they were going to do. And so I told them about the Legos. I told them that I had built the Ferrari. And then someone asked me, I was like, oh, are you, you know, are you a Lego fan? Do you collect them? And I was like, yeah, I have a massive collection, you know, back home in my parents' house. And so that, you know, interview kind of blew up and that kind of went out to all of the, you know, all of the Colts fans as, you know, kind of a way for them to get to know me was to say that, you know, our new kicker is a big uh, Lego guy. And so from that point, then the Legos kind of went from being the the collecting, you know, item that I talked about the least to being the thing that I talked about the most because all my teammates started to ask me about it. Um, you know, other friends started to ask me about it. And, you know, a lot of other like Lego related stuff started to come up and people would ask me about it uh, in the media or, you know, just friends and family, whatever. So, um, you know, then Lego kind of became the forefront of what people knew me for from a collecting standpoint, even though I had always collected them and it always collected several, you know, several other things. I also do Funko Pops now as well. That was kind of how people got to know me from, you know, from that side, from not just being a football player, but from being, you know, just a regular guy that happens to love Legos, happens to love, you know, Star Wars, Marvel, Transformers, Funko Pops, whatever the case may be. So that was kind of where the collecting journey, you know, had like a landmark point where now it became something that everyone knows about. That's more or less how we got to where I am today um, as far as my, my Lego collecting journey goes. So, you know, come a long way from that uh, original Clone Trooper battle pack for sure. <laughs> Wait, was there a reason why, like, you never said the Lego collection when you mentioned the others to other people? I'm not sure. I mean, I, I, I do know that I told some people, but I guess maybe – Maybe to other people, I didn't think that it would be as cool as some of the other stuff. Like, I feel like a lot of people are, you know, into Star Wars, regardless of age. You know, I feel like there's mm -hmm. Star Wars fans, you know, young and old. And I feel like there's Marvel fans, young and old. Um, and so I think maybe I thought that, you know, if I just told them that I was like a Star Wars fan or a Marvel fan, you know, I collected other things, you know, in that vein, whether it be you know, the three and three quarters figures. Now we have obviously the black series, which, you know, tons of people love or the Funko Pops or whatever the case may be. I guess maybe I thought that that would like come across better where like, if I told people that I was into Legos, they might not think that those were as cool. But if I told them about some of the other things, I thought maybe they would think that those were cooler, even though yeah, I, I felt that they were all equally cool and I enjoy them all equally. I think I just thought that how it would per be perceived by other people is that the other things I collected would be more interesting than the Lego. So that's why it was never one of the first things that I would rattle off when I would tell people. Uh, okay. Okay. So it's more so than that you're kind of keeping in mind about like, if they would be able to relate because the probability of them being able to relate as a Lego fan is not as high as if it were like a sneakerhead or like a Star Wars fan or a Funko. Yeah, so that was exactly. more of that situation. So uh, re recently uh, at like, my holiday gathering at my motorcycle club. One of my one of my brothers in my club. He he and I mentioned it before. He straight up called me a nerd, right? <laughs> straight up called me a nerd. Says because uh, you know I was saying something. I was talking about Lego to a bunch of dudes that don't care about Lego. That that's pretty mm -hmm. much what it was. Like, I, I straight up was just talking about uh you know the collection that I have, the military stuff. And then one of my brothers was like to the back to the top of his lungs in front of a bunch of people, nerd. <laughs> I'm like. Shut up, dude. Like your your road name's Hulk. <laughs> you're a Marvel character as a road name on a motorcycle. I don't think you have one that you know one to talk. Maybe it was a term of endearment. 
I, no, it was. We like to make fun of each other for everything. And I, and for me, I'm super confident about like what I like. Like I know how I like Lego. I'll tell people I like Lego. Like I know I like Taylor Swift. I'll tell people I like Taylor Swift. Like what it is what it is. But not a lot of people have that ability to be able to like say what they're into. You know what I mean? And, you know, whether it be, you know, trying to find a common ground with someone you just met or you're just not comfortable with showing off what you love. Because there are a lot of accounts out there, especially on Instagram that you see and, you know, YouTube YouTubers who don't show their face that don't want people to know that they're into Lego. Like from for me, at least at work, my office cubicle is like filled with Lego. So everybody knows I'm the Lego guy at work. I'm that guy from someone who's coming from a very machismo sport. And for me coming from like the military and the biker world, which is also very in the same, not necessarily same fast, but like, you know, uh, type of feel. Yeah. To an extent you have to be confident in yourself to be able to, to succeed. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, you can't just wither away and like kind of bow down to everything. Otherwise you're just going to get destroyed. So for you and me, it's, it's a very easy way to be like, yeah, I like Lego. Now what, what are you going to do next? Yeah. You know, like, were you were you ever like picked on for any of your collections for your stuff? And you were you have to stand up? Like, how did your teammates feel about it? Um, you know, I personally didn't have too much like negative feedback really at any point in my life whenever I would tell people. And I think I just attribute that more to the fact that I picked the right people to be friends with. You know, I think that that goes a long way, you know, in just like your quality of life is who you surround yourself with, who's in your circle. And you know, I think that my parents did a good job of raising me to like, you know, appreciate the right values in other people. And so, you know, whenever I had my friends in middle school or high school, like, you know, I picked friends that, you know, I got along with that I felt like they were good people. And so, you know, if ever, you know, those kind of discussions ever came up where I was talking about my hobbies or interests, I had picked the right people to hang out with. And so I think that for that reason, there was always, you know, positive feedback from that where, you know, People were never going to put me down because I like that kind of thing. I think from that standpoint, I never really got picked on, which was nice. I mean, even, you know, even in high school, like, you know, and, and I think that the, you know, the Legos, the Transformers, Star Wars, Marvel, whatever the case may be, um, you know, Funko Pops. I think that that collecting is by and large, I think still generally a little bit differently perceived than the sneaker collecting is. I mean, at least for me, this is kind of just how I see it. Like, I feel like, you know, sneaker collecting is typically a more like socially acceptable or socially normal thing to collect than, you know, all the other stuff that I do collect. And so I, you know, never had an issue talking about my sneakers at any point was always like, you know, super forthcoming, super outgoing with my sneaker collection saying like, oh, I just picked these up this weekend. Or, you know, I'm trying to get, you know, I'm trying to get these new ultra boosts. I'm trying to get these new Yeezys this weekend, um, you know, stuff like that. And, you know, like that's kind of a way to to flex almost, especially like when you're in high school and everybody is so clicky, like, you know, everyone wants to be popular. Everyone wants to be accepted when you're in high school. Um, I tried not to, to feed into that too much as far as like, you know, I want to be popular. I want to be a cool kid. I try not to feed into that too much, but I knew that if I showed up to school in the new Yeezys, that some people were going to think I was maybe a little bit cooler than I actually was. So, you know, I never, I, so I was always like super outgoing with the sneakers in that regard. But, you know, even in high school, like, you know, I found, you know, people that, that I was friends with that also like Legos. Like I, I traded sets, traded minifigures um, with a couple of people when I was in high school. I ended up trading my, uh, my Rogue Shadow from the Force Unleashed, from the first Force Unleashed video game that had the, the battle damage Star Killer 
and all that stuff. I ended up trading that to get the Clone Wars style uh, ATTE, the one that came out in, I think, 2008. So, you know, I would like, I was trading Legos with people, like actively talking about it. I would like, there was a couple guys that I would duel with, like with, like with Yu-Gi-Oh! that I would duel with after school. I think it just is attributed mostly to the fact that I picked the right people to hang out with and to put in my circle. And so even when I got into college, you know, obviously most of my friends were my teammates just because we're all in a locker room together. We're all in the meeting room together for four or five hours a day, you know, six or seven days a week. So you get to, you get to know guys pretty well. And so even in college, you know, the guys that I gravitated towards, you know, to, to be better friends with and not just teammates with, you know, we're all accepting of, you know, all, all those aspects of me. So that's been really nice. Obviously now being in the NFL and having it be public knowledge that I am, you know, a collector that has come with some negative feedback, but it's come more as a result of my performance than those actually being things that people don't find to be like socially acceptable, where if I had a bad game, you know, Are people tying it, they're like, they're like you, you were busy like playing with your Lego sets instead exactly, of practicing. Exactly. Of course. Exactly. You get a lot of, you start to get a lot of criticism like that, where it's like, if you don't have a good game, then people are coming in the comments on Instagram or Twitter or whatever. That doesn't make any sense to me. Like it's, it's not even, could you imagine like, like so many professional athletes party like crazy and like, right. do like, and do they, do people, do they get, I'm curious, like, do they get that same flack? Like if like the paparazzi like takes a shot of them and then they perform poorly. Well, um, well I don't know if, you know, I mean, obviously guys, you know, want to go out and have a good time. They want to stay up late. They want to drink. They want to do whatever, whatever. But no one's going to say, oh, I was getting blackout drunk. Yeah. Roster cuts. No one says right. that. Even if some guys do, whether that be because they know they're going to make the team that they don't, you know, they don't have anything. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's different because people can just assume oh, he was building Legos the day before the game, and that's why he missed a, a missed an extra point on Sunday, even though there's absolutely no correlation to that. that. sounds crazy. That's where people want to come in and say, go back to Legos, go back to your Transformers, go back to blah, 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 whatever. It's almost, I'm sorry that you get that, but it's almost like comical. It's like people just want to latch on to like whatever, to like- Of course, yeah. To blame, yeah. Yeah, to make that an excuse. And you just want to be like, no, I just play board. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like if someone goes it like clocks in at a nine to five and like, you know, maybe I don't know how to like measure productivity in a hypothetical nine to five, but maybe, well, maybe it's most delicious. people, most people are usually productive for like 20 to 30% of that nine to five. <laughs> That's so yeah. true. Yeah. So. And only about 30% of the company is productive in that nine to five. So I'll use a, I'll use an office example just because okay. I think it'll be okay, 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 fair. So let's say Jim, you know, yes. obviously he works he works at the you know Dunder Mifflin branch in Scranton. Let's say on a typical day, Jim closes I don't know eight sales in an eight hour work day, and then Jim goes home, and that night, say he puts together his advent calendar <laughs> for the day with Pam, and then. <laughs> The next day, he comes into work. Jim only makes four sales in an eight-hour day. The fact that he was only 50% of his production at work the next day is completely unrelated to the fact that he built an advent calendar thing with Pam the night before. But because that's something that Dwight, 
knows about Jim. He <laughs> thinks he has dirt on him to be able to say, oh, you must have been doing this, taking away from your work, even though they're entirely unrelated. But, you know, oh, people, on, people on the internet, people that, you know, want to come into my comments and do all that kind of stuff are kind of the extreme end of the spectrum. There was an interview that I was watching on YouTube with Hassan Minhaj. I can't remember the name of the guys that were doing the interview, but they have a, uh, they do kind of do like a YouTube podcast series. Hopefully the names will come to me, but it's two guys and they, they bring on, you know, just famous people, influencers and talk about kind of their career track and their success. And, um, and so Hassan Minhaj was saying that, you know, when he does his comedy, he's trying to create, you know, he's trying to create his comedy for an audience that's basically represented by a bell curve. And so, you know, the general audience, the like 70, 80% is in the fat section of the bell curve. And then the internet trolls are the ones at the very end. They're like the extremists that have, you know, an, either an extremely conservative point of view, we'll say, or an extremely aggressive point of view. You could use other descriptors to fit those ends of the spectrum. But, you know, by and large, you'd say like extremely conservative person, extremely, you know, aggressive, liberal person, whatever you want to say. Those are the ones that are in the comments, you know, making all these hateful, rageful comments to you um, and giving you all this negative feedback where, by and large, this amount of people understand that your Legos and your football performance, your Legos and Jim's paper sales performance are entirely unrelated. And those are the people that don't say anything. So you don't see a majority of the people that actually have the common sense to know you know, that the Legos and so on and so on are completely unrelated to each other. That's kind of something that I try to, you know, keep in mind is that I know that, you know, if I'm going to continue to be, you know, forthcoming about my interests, about the stuff that I do outside of my work, that, you know, I need to just understand that the people that are the most vocal are the most extreme. And, you know, they don't really represent a majority of the people who understand the nature of the work that I do, understand it's extremely difficult, extremely high stress you know and if anything the stuff that i decide to do in my off time is something that leads to less stress for me you know something that i do to take stress off of me take my mind off of things off of you know constantly being focused on the job so that when i come back to work the next day i feel a little bit refreshed i feel a little bit more energized because i was able to do something other than think about work when i got home yeah, last night. So. another thing is a lot of those people don't they've never done the job that you're doing so yeah. it's easy for them to be like oh you if you weren't wasting your time building exactly what exactly. yeah i mean like any of those people don't do anything that you do obviously because even if they're a lego fan i don't think they'll blame lego yeah, <laughs> you, yeah. Know, yeah exactly. you know what i mean i don't think that's gonna happen but it obviously it still affects you in a way you know yeah and, and i've had to you know I've, I've tried to take some measures to counteract that a little bit obviously it's a little bit harder on like with the with the Lego account specifically, but you know, social media like comment controls are very advanced now. When when the haters come in and say their usual things, like at least on my on my main account where, you know, my Lego account has about thirty four thousand followers, where my main account has over two hundred thousand. So there's a lot more people that are, you know, have the potential to come in and troll me or hate on me on my main account where I go into my comment controls and like, you know, oh, haters use this word. And like every one of these hateful comments that I saw, they use this same word so I can put it in there as a word to block so that people aren't allowed to put in comments that have that kind of content in there. You know, I do the same thing on Twitter, you know, where they can't at me and use certain language. And so that's been very helpful to filter out, you know, some of the some of the hateful things that people might want to say. But 
with the Lego account, it's kind of hard because there's lots of workarounds, you know, like I could put in, you know, like if I put in for people to exclude the word Lego, when they say, you know, you suck at kicking, go back to Lego, that would get rid of all the positive comments that people might say when they might be like, oh, dude, you have such a cool Lego collection, you know, like it would eliminate, it could equally eliminate good and bad. So it's a little bit more difficult from that perspective. But on the on my main account, which is where a lot of the people are that do more of the criticism from my from a performance point of view, because those people started following me more or less because I'm a football player as opposed to, you know, uh, a nerd and a collector, you know, that's where the comment controls I've been able to go a little bit further with and put things more under control where I don't receive as much negative feedback. It is interesting that it's two very different sides of the, like of the field. You have nerds and then sports fans. Yeah. So they're like, man, what's this guy doing? Yeah. It is two very different demographics that I deal with. And like a lot of times during, like during the season, you know, like I will spend more time, you know, scrolling or just doing my normal activities on the Lego account just because I feel like by and large the people that are on there know me for a different reason than they do the main account. You know, the people that are on my main account know me more or less as a football player, as a kicker, as a professional athlete now, whereas the people that are on my collection account by and large know me as someone that's more or less just another person. That happens. Yeah, to like- it's like you're more of a real exactly. person on the Lego one than you are like this like product of the NFL. Exactly. Yeah. So, right, everyone. so it's, it's generally I have a better time on that account because I feel like the people that I, you know, are the people that are interacting with me on that account know me for a different different reason and are more compassionate uh, and less critical of me than on my main account. And they don't have expectations really. Exactly. It's also. It's also like, Legos. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. They don't really care. Like, um, they just care that if you don't have dirty fingernails, if you're like showing or, you know, show, putting up advent calendars and really, I send you an angry comment and I'm so sorry. That was so no, no, it's, cool. it's totally cool. I was like, oh my God. That's like, no, after the first day, that's why I put the disclaimer in every day now because you sent me a message. From because of me? <laughs> yes. I'm like, I got to tell people it's now. It's fine. They don't, it's they fine, don't see it. Come. December twenty fifth or sixth or whatever, I will refollow you. <laughs> That's okay. how it works. No, basically, over like the last couple years of like having a Lego account, um, especially being on the West Coast, like I don't know, shy if you've ever felt like this or Ninja. It's like if you if you have the bad habit of like hello all the multiple shies. If you have the bad habit of like getting on your phone, like first thing you do, and like getting on social media, like before you open your advent calendar, it's like totally spoiled. And this happened to me so many times in the last two years. And like, I've unfollowed Holly and followed so many other people over the course of time that I'm like, I can't do this anymore. And it's almost become this like ridiculous joke. Anyway, I like tagged Rod and, and, and a couple other people who did it, but Rod is such a nice guy. He like immediately was like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I feel, and I, you, I, you seemed, I don't know. I couldn't tell because it was through chat. I couldn't tell if you were like actually upset. And I was like, oh no, I hope I didn't offend him. But um, uh, part of me does actually, because I'm pretty serious about my, uh, my, my stance on, on well, advent calendars. However, I was going to say, we've had a lot of people come on here and they've talked about how like the Lego community is like such a better social media space. And if, if they've been into other pockets of social media or like, 
media in general, none of them have been in like the grand scheme of media. And most of them have had, if they, if they were in other pockets of social media, they were, they were, they like didn't have as much success as they, as they did on Lego, but they've all unilaterally said the Lego space tends to be a little bit healthier, a little bit safer. I mean, obviously it still has its problems. It's still human beings, but I'm curious. Cause like you're in a very like ex- extreme categorization of social media influence in both of them. And it, like you don't even want to get onto your main account where you could effectively say you have more potential for growth and whatever. And you're like, whatever, I'm just going to go on my Lego one. You know, it's like, it's, I think it, there's, it's very telling there uh, yeah. with probably the commentary that you're receiving. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, definitely like, you know, my main account with the following that I've, you know, been able to accumulate to this point has been very helpful because my mm-hmm. agent has been able to use it, you know, as a marketing tool where I've been able to mm-hmm. get some like, you know, some little marketing deals here and there, you yeah. know, just because, you know, the feedback that I get in the interactions that I have with other members of the Lego community by and large are more positive than what I might experience through my main account, you know, with disgruntled fans, for example. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I also see that there's two sides to the Lego community. And I think especially with, I've, I've seen it more with like the Star Wars section of the community can also as equally as they can be supportive and friendly to me are critical and, you know, a little bit toxic, but not towards me, but towards the product itself. You know, you could say that that is kind of, you could see that with anyone that is, you know, passionate about anything, you know, there are NFL football fans that are, you know, critical of the game of football itself, whether it be because they don't like, the rules or they don't like the officials people could say they don't like the product of the nfl you know whether it be officiating or they think the league is going too soft where they're you know calling too many penalties on too many things you know where the nfl is supposed to be violent and they're not allowing it to be violent anymore but you know i think in a way i almost see where when new products get revealed whether it be officially or unofficially and people start to lay eyes on them for the first time there is a very toxic and hypercritical side to the Lego community that is also kind of difficult to navigate sometimes because, you know, we all love this product and we all want it to be as cool, as accurate, you know, as everything as it can possibly be. And we know that Lego as a company has the capital, they have the money to to produce a super high quality product. And sometimes it feels like they just kind of drop the ball on it. But sometimes it just feels like people kind of go too far in you know being critical about the product itself and so you know it is you know kind of like you were saying just to like bring it back to the the prompt you know i do generally have a more positive interaction with the lego community as opposed to like the nfl fandom and and you know that community but there is two sides to every coin and so you know you just kind of have to be wary that you know, as positive of a side as there is, there is also a negative side that's difficult to navigate because, you know, you know, people that are approximately our age are on our phone so much and attach your social media so much. You do almost get as much of like that negative side as you do the positive side. And so it's kind of a challenge every day to try and filter that and be aware of that and not allow, you know, some of the like hyper, you know, critical people to influence your opinions and your decisions about things because, you know, you want to enjoy the product for yourself. So you don't want to allow other opinions to, uh, you know, kind of influence 
how you feel about it. I'm curious, like if you think that there is like a difficult path to kind of like navigate in the Star Wars Lego community simply because for you, Lego is a relaxation from your professional job, even though you do have like a successful social media account in the Lego space. It sounds like it. This is me being presumptuous. So please correct me if I'm wrong. But you're you're coming at it not as like a professional, you know, person that's like wanting to, you know, maybe critique Lego as at its highest caliber or whatever, which I don't think is like a healthy way to do in any which way or whatever, which, but unfortunately like there are people that do that. And so they like set almost like a standard of attitude towards the product. And then there's people that like to critique and it's like almost like the hobby is to critique for them. Um, And so I'm curious, like, do you find that like for you, you notice that and it's something for you to navigate because it's, that's not your priority. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, I think at the end of the day, I'm just a big kid at heart and, you know, Lego is a way for me to interact with the IPs that I love so much and that I've loved for a very long time. You know, it's a, it's a vessel and a medium through which I collect Star Wars, through which I collect Marvel, Transformers, DC, Harry Potter, you know, whatever, whatever the case may be. And I think it makes it easier from that point of view, from that being where I'm coming from and why I collect mm-hmm. it is because it's a vessel where it's easier, you know, for me to collect and to not. Well, it's easier for you to set boundaries. Yeah. It's yeah. like your expectations. Your mm-hmm. It's almost like your expectations of the product are just that, just as an escape and just as a collection and just as a nostalgia factor. And, you know, it's, it's a hobby. It's a truly a hobby in its truest sense, like for you. And, and I think it's like when people like don't, when they don't have it as a hobby, when they have it as like a professional aspect, I think that's where it gets difficult. And then also where people don't set boundaries with hobbies and they become dependent on it. Like, and there's tons of fans and tons of commenters. It's almost like they're looking for Lego and the products that they produce to like give them some sort of like, you know, hole to fill or whatever in their life. And so I think there's like a lot of like, like people can be critical, but then, which is totally fine. But then there's the anger that comes after the critique. And I think that's where the the issue stands. It's like people are inherently, the, then they're obviously not enjoying it. That frustration, that takes away from them and then anyone else that, you know, they emanate that too, I think. I, I think it, and Lego is not something that like associate, unless you're like really professionally tied to it, like truly, like you have a company that's like producing third party parts or you have, you know, you're an employee of the Lego group. I think like those boundaries need to be very clear. It's, even if you have your third party company, because you've made a choice to become dependent on something else. And you like Rod, you made your choice to become dependent on the NFL. And you probably have to have your own boundaries with that, obviously. But that's like independent of the Lego space. Um, yeah. anyway, that's yeah. my, my little soapbox. No, 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 I, I agree. Um, you know, and like, my relationship and setting boundaries with football is something that I still struggle with to this day where, you know, it's, it's a little better, um, you know, when you're in the NFL as compared to college. But I mean, I can even think back going to high school, like, you know, you're in school from whatever, eight to three, you know, you have a little downtime, but then you go over to the field house, you get ready for practice. You know, you have practice for a couple hours, you watch a little film after practice is over and then you go home, you do homework, eat dinner, wake up the next day, rinse and repeat. Uh, And then in college, you know, there's obviously a lot of money involved 
uh, in college football, especially being at, you know, a big school like University of Georgia. Obviously, they won the national championship last year. Like they're a big, they're a big school. They're a big deal across the country. And so it's it basically becomes a job at that point. If you're like a Division One football player, I mean, even not just Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, whatever level. If you're a college football player, it basically becomes a job at that point. It kind of gets taken to another level. You have a mandatory study hall from like seven to seven forty, and then you go to class from like eight to one. You come back over to the facility, eat breakfast. Meetings start at two. Meetings go till four. Practice from four thirty to six thirty. You go over and you grab dinner, and you go back over to the academic facility, and you have like a PM study hall where you kind of go over all the assignments that you got from class that day, and you know, um, you kind of set up a, a schedule for any projects you have, and then you go back to your dorm, and then you get to start your homework. But you know, I've been in practice from 4.30 to 6.30, and then I have dinner and I have study hall until 7.30 or 8. So I get back to my dorm at 8 o'clock, and basically I do homework until I go to bed. You know, if I have an assignment that's due the next day, I'm not going to sleep until I finish that assignment, and then I go to bed, and then I wake up at 6 a.m. the next day to start the cycle all over again. On the weekends, for everybody else, the weekend is your time to catch up on everything, but you don't get time to catch up because you're playing a game. So you know, on Friday, after we're done with class, we go over to the facility, we have meetings, we watch film, and then we get on a plane and we fly to Missouri. Friday night, we get to the hotel, we have dinner, we have more meetings at the hotel, and then we wake up on Saturday, we play a game, and then we fly back to Georgia on Saturday night. A normal student would have Friday afternoon, all of Saturday, all of Sunday, to do whatever work they need to get done for school the next week, and then we basically only get Sunday. So. Um, but that's just kind of what you sign up for. And so, you know, I, Logan and I started dating uh, the summer after our freshman year at UGA. We had an English class together, and that's how we met. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about was, like, my time is, you know, consumed. Like, a lot of my time every single day was going to be consumed by football for the next, you know, three to four years, however long I was going to be there. So that's kind of been, you know, something that we've had to, you know, try to work through is that, you know, obviously I want to spend time with her. She wants to spend time with me. We want to spend time together and do stuff. You know, I work more than a nine to five because my day starts sooner and goes later than a nine to five would. And so I'm gone so much, you know, that it's kind of been something that we've had to work on. It's a little bit better now, obviously, like being in the NFL, you don't have that school component anymore. So it kind of does become a little bit more like a nine to five where, you know, when I was in Indianapolis, we'd start meetings around like 8.30 every morning and get done. I mean, practice itself would go from maybe like 1.30 to 3.30. And then you have post-practice meetings from like 4 to 4.30, maybe 5 o'clock. And then at that point, then you're done for the day. So, it you know, it definitely lines up more with what you would t- think of as a typical like 9 to 5, 8-hour workday, which, which has been nice where we have been able to you know, spend more time together outside of work, but it's, you know, still, it's still something that I kind of, you know, need to find a balance with because there's times when I come home and I still want to watch film because maybe I didn't have the best day at practice. And so when we went to watch our film, you know, with the coaches after practice, like that wasn't enough for me where I feel like I wasn't able to fully digest what happened in practice that day. And so I want to fire up my iPad and go back and watch all of my kicks again. And so that's time that, you know, she feels like, needs to be dedicated to her and it does because I just gave eight and a half hours of my day to work so you know she deserves to have all of my time after work and 
you know, so it's something that I kind of struggle with because I want to be as good at my job as I can possibly be. My mindset is if I need to put in a little bit more, a little bit more time devoted to work outside of the typical work hours so that I can be the best I can be, then that's what I feel like I need to do. But I also need to be the best partner, you know, best boyfriend, now husband that I can be. And so that means when work is done, I need to do everything in my power to really be done with work for the day so that I can devote all of my attention, all of my time and energy to her. Yeah. <laughs> Taking that notes. Heavy. No, but that, that, that's, you know, that goes for, for anyone in relationship out there. It's, you know, that doesn't have to be just football. It's everything else. I'm just saying everyone has the same struggles that, yeah. that sometimes they put a lot of, they put more priority towards their own work. And I was like that for a very long time. I know, I know Claire for her entire work life, for sure prioritized work than you. For the most yeah. part, yeah. yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I've never worked a nine to five, but but I did have a, a, a different college experience. I had a, I was able to catch up and do. I think that that college part is like that's a rough one because it's like you definitely your experience is really different. But in theory, you're getting set up for your career, right? Which yeah. I think makes sense. But mm-hmm. yeah, no, we I had weekends. Are you kidding me? And like I remember, there was like certain semesters that like I only had like four three or four like you know days of classes and so like mm-hmm. I had like three days to like do school the problem was when I like switched majors or when I was like taking you know like 18 credits a semester or something stupid but mm-hmm. um you know then like same thing you know but you end up you get you get home at eight o'clock you know no matter what like college students end up like I don't know you're like busy doing whatever but that weekend thing that's like pretty key <clears throat> mm-hmm. that's like that that's when you get to like rest and you know kind of essentially catch up and like do whatever you like didn't do or whatever that that sounded rough but like I, I think everybody who's in a relationship can empathize with the mm-hmm. boundaries that are set up and like you know especially anybody who's like had a successful career whatever that looks like it is like a constant it's like it's like a constant thing it's like you can't stop thinking about it and then if you don't work on it you feel guilty about it but then if you work on it you feel guilty about something else and then you're like constantly just like feeling guilty and it's like this like and you just and then there's like nothing is productive and you're never 100 percent focused on anything else so yeah no those boundaries are really hard and they're really common and i think that um i think yours are just like you know more public because you're you're yeah it's like you know you mess up at, for me if i like mess up at work um only it's your colleagues like, know. <laughs> yeah, like your colleagues know. Like I could go to jail, but that's like a different issue because I have a license and stuff. You know, like different. You know, different stuff. But like I would those. You know, I have insurance for that. But like I think why messes the, up? It's all over ESPN. Yeah, <laughs> that's like that's that's rough. And you've been public since you were eighteen, really. You know, like truly, like in the public eye, which I think, you know explains why like so many like other players like you know want to go party and want to let loose and like let loose in a really aggressive way and like you know cars and you know girls boys whatever it is that they're doing it's it's usually tends to be in an extreme way because it's a counter you know it's like counteracting whatever that extreme pressure especially in like a really young age um i remember like this is like going into my history but like i i i'm not i love playing sports i'm not big on watching them but I've always like been supportive if like I'm dating somebody who's into it or like a friend of mine is really into it I like watching sports with sports fans that's always been fun um but 
I was really I had a good beat on like the University of Oregon like football team for a really long time and I lived in Portland and I worked um I did a lot of projects for Nike and it's all this like one big like machine over there and it's like this big professional spectacle and you realize that you're watching these people who are like 18 19 and they're being I don't, it's kind of wild like the pedestal and the pressure that they're also on at the same time and like they're treated like celebrities but then they're also have what seems like what for them would seem like the weight of the world right. um and and I can only imagine what that feels like at such a young age and so for you like you're just like a nice guy with like a nice wife and you want to like play with your lego and your transformers and people are like this is why you missed your kick and it's kind yeah. of ridiculous yeah. Um, you could like, I don't know, like, I remember like, you could be like doing like dog betting or like awful like things that people have done in the past, like, you know, that you've seen in sports and, and it's just, it's, I can't get over that people are giving you a time about being, building a Lego set, like of all things. I'm sure no matter what you did, like if you were like, I'm fixing cars or if you, whatever hobby you had that you were like, you know, I like, you know, doing hair or, you know, whatever, like people would be like, that's why you missed your kick. So it's kind of irrelevant in terms of like what that blank space that you filled in for them. But because like the Lego, I think went viral for a, a chunk of time. I think you kind of, you kind of gave them, you know, the silver platter a little bit. Yeah, definitely gave some people some ammunition. Some ammunition. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I could be like fixing up a, like my dream car and people would be like, go back to your Mustang or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Just, he spent too much time under the hood. He'd like sniff some chemicals and like, now he can't kick or whatever. Exactly. You know, people say the stupidest things and they're really creative. It's really kind of fascinating sometimes. Um, but yeah, anyway. As far as the, I know we're talking about the boundaries. Mm -hmm. As far as that goes, like, you know, where, where my collecting for them comes from. Um, you know, I think that definitely has helped me to have a healthy relationship with them and is part of the reason why, you know, I've liked them for all these years and why I, you know, hopefully can continue to like them is because they're not for me, what football is or not for me, what other things are for other, you know, for some other people where, you know, you almost have to look at them from like a critical standpoint, from a critical point of view. I don't have to do that. I can just buy them just to enjoy them. And so I think that having that boundary in place has definitely helped me to be able to enjoy them so much and, you know, get so much out of them is because I've put those boundaries in place where I know, you know, what my relationship with them is. I know how I feel about them and I know that I don't have to look at them from any other point of view in order for them to make me happy. Yeah. Your day job, if you were to call it that, yeah. is, is very aggressive. And very, um, you have so much pressure, right? There's a lot, a lot, a lot can go wrong very quickly. Mm -hmm. And um, to go to like another, you know, out, outlet, whether that be like just collecting shoes or collecting Funko or building a Lego set, it's like, it's an escape in a way that kind of keeps you kind of grounded, you know, to, to keep you sane. Like I, like for me, it's like the military side is very aggressive. The biker community is very, very aggressive. I like being here because everyone is not aggressive. Yeah. You know, everyone it's it's a complete, complete flip of how I could, you know, interact with people like with Claire, with Sands, with like everybody else. Like I could literally just be myself without having to put on a face. If that makes sense. Because yeah. like in, in the biker world, I have to put on a face mm -hmm. like military will have to put on a face at work. Yeah. I have to put on a face like I can't truly just be myself. And I feel like, you know, with you, like, you know, being 
literally everywhere all over, not only social media, but actual real media sources. Um, and a lot of people who like really are critiquing every movement of your body when you're actually on the field, like just coming over here, it's just, you don't have to, you don't have to put on a face. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's nice. And, you know, I honestly, I think that the fact that I ended up talking about, you know, all of my hobbies, all of my interests in that interview right off the bat, when I first got there, I think kind of opened up an opportunity for me to get to be more myself in the workplace because, you know, I put it out there. And so now, you know, all my teammates, you know, were, you know, all my teammates watched the interview or whatever. So like, you know, obviously they might've, you know, tried to make jokes about it and be like, no, what, what's that to be picked up recently? You know, blah, blah, you know, stuff like that. Some, some of them are, you know, genuinely, genuinely like, Oh, like that's super cool. Like, you know, I'm into star Wars too. And, you know, it kind of opens up, you know, conversations and relationships with guys from, from that, from that point of view, even if they don't collect Legos, you know, it's still kind of something that can draw, you know, draw a common thread for some other people. Um, but I think that kind of helped me to where I felt like I could be more myself because I put it out there. Everyone was accepting of that, you know, like I never got any, you know, negative feedback from my teammates after, you know, word about that came out. And, you know, I think part of that can be attributed to the fact that, you know, the Colts organization, even though I'm not a part of it anymore, like the people that are in charge of making decisions and bringing players into that organization do a really good job of vetting the people that they're interested in and making sure that they're high quality guys so that they have a team of, of good people. I, I definitely appreciated that. And then it just let me like be more myself because it was just common knowledge that, you know, I'm kind of a nerd. I'm kind of a geek about all this stuff. You know, it's, it's common knowledge and it's out there for everybody. And so I didn't necessarily have to put on a face at work because, you know, my teammates and everyone in that building knew the other side of me that exists outside of the workplace. Everyone knew about that right from the get go. So it just kind of made, you know, my experience at work a little bit easier for that reason. And it also helps that you're, you're in the trenches with them. Like you're sweating with them, you're hurting with them, you're kicking it with them. Like mm -hmm. it's, you have value on the team. So exactly. yeah. it can't really say anything like, yeah, you could crack me for buying a Lego set, but at the end of the day, <laughs> you're going to need my leg. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. And, and I think a lot of the banter between like, you know, colleagues like that, it's more for like fun, you know, just because they can. Um, and, and, and that's the main thing is just being confident about like, who you are in like any setting, you know what I mean? It's, yep. it, it really doesn't affect, if it doesn't affect your work and you're cool with everybody, it, I think it's just something cool to just kind of stand out amongst the crowd. Like, you know what absolutely. I mean? So yeah, absolutely. like anyone out there who is afraid to tell anybody that you're into Lego, I just, just say it. I'll, I'll, you'll probably get like a little giggles, but have them build a Lego set or show them a picture of like what you have in your room. They'll be amazed. I guarantee it. Like yeah. I've had, so many people come here. I've shown so many pictures, like people pictures of my stuff, and every single time they're like, "Whoa, that's cool." I might be yeah. a little crazy, but it's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, you know? absolutely. It's like yeah, it's I like think. if you show them like a photo of like a like a you know a Chevy, like my '69 Chevy. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's still you know it's 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 something you've built, something you've messed like like messed in money, like you've put time into you know, and it's not like you're doing drugs or getting arrested. Or something yeah. from, um, you know, yeah. like you're, there's, there's definitely a lot worse things that I could be doing with my time and money than, you know, buying Legos and acting big and stuff like that. So, well, I think, I think we're, we've hit a good spot. Hey, Rod, do you have anything else you want to bring up? Say plug. Um, I think I'm going to be starting a YouTube channel soon. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you start doing something like that? 
I put up, I put up a, I think I put up a Q and A on my story a while back. Um, I never got around to, I just never got around to starting it. Um, I mean, I have a channel that I like use to, hello, floating hand. Um, <laughs> I have a channel that I use to watch videos and, uh, you know, like go leave comments and stuff, but I'm not sure if I want to use that same channel to like start mm -hmm. my YouTube thing or not, or if I'll just make a new one, but I think I am going to start a channel and then I'm basically just kind of going to basically my first video will just kind of like be me introducing myself to YouTube and just asking people to let me know what they want to see just because there's so much that I could do. There's so much that I could show. I could, you know, I could do sneakers. I could do Legos. I could do transformers. I could do football. I could do a little bit of everything. Can you so, rap on there too? Like put some <laughs> of your music on there. That'd be cool. I do have, I do have one rap song. Ninja, but, you, got, uh, you got a battle rod here. <laughs> so I kind of just want to, you know, get the ball rolling on that and just see, like, what people want to see from it. Just because it's a different type of, you know, it's a different type of content that you're making. And I feel like I could have a lot of fun with it. Just because there's some restrictions in trying to put content out on Instagram and TikTok and Twitter. So I just feel like it would, you know, be a little bit more, you know, just open possibilities just with not having as many restrictions to be able to do stuff on YouTube. Sense. Thank you. Uh, you know how you're familiar with drop test videos, right? No. Yes, I am familiar with drop test videos. And, and you're familiar with how you're a kicker for the for, you know, a football <laughs> kicker, right? Yes. Kick testing. How about that? You just, you just go sets. to any random field goal in your area and just try to kick sets over it. And that that's it. That's the whole channel. Wow. Um, He's injured right now, man. I do, I, I do think that it could make for a cool video. I don't know how many videos I could get out of that, but I do think that it would be pretty cool to watch Lego sets explode in slow motion because I kicked them and started the process again. <laughs> if you get injured this way, he's not liable, though. <laughs> you better put that away. I, no, I, would, I would kick at my own. <laughs> oh, man. Well, kick it, kick. What, what, what's the timeline on this? Are you, you plan on doing it like by the end of the year, early next year, um, summer? I, I think pretty soon, just because in the off season I will have a little bit more downtime. So I think that that would be a good time to get into it, just because I have a little bit more time on my hands to kind of you know mm -hmm. learn yeah. the learns and learn the ins and outs of, it, of all of it. True, that's going to be another ball to juggle in the yeah. balance. Have fun with that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that could be fun. I mean, you you have a presence already on social media. I think you know you should be fine. I just so. need to get started. That's. I mean, I feel like that's you know I've I've talked to some other people about getting started and they basically just say like you know the hardest thing is just like getting your first video out there because after that like you know you can kind of figure out as you go there's obviously lots of resources available to help you produce higher quality videos so then you just kind of put that together with being authentic and being yourself and you know you've got a recipe for success boom all right i think that's a good good place to end it there um thank you rod for joining us for this episode uh if there's nothing else, we wish you the best of luck with your career. And I'm sure we're going to see you in person again sometime soon. So yeah. with that being said, let's roll that music. Everyone have a good night. Peace. Hey, that was good. Dude. Sorry about like the cuts off. I don't know how bad that is. There's been a lot of sculpting in this episode like the last one. <laughs> that was... We have like six or seven different shots. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs>